All right. <laughs> now we come to the final chapter in this series. What a ride it's been. So thanks very much for coming along for the ride. This has been quite a series. I've enjoyed it very much. If you've been following along, of course, this has been a commentary on glimpses of a golden childhood. So the last chapter today has something very special. I thought to finish this off, to help just wrap this up, we would talk about death and some of the ways in which Osho played with death because there's quite a few little stories that are very interesting and you you can get a sense that his relationship from a very young age with death was very different. So you'll recall in one of the earlier segments, one of the earlier stories, that Osho had an astrologer come and basically predicted his death at the age of seven. And they said that every seven years he was going to face some sort of problem or trouble that might mean that he would die. And that, in fact, did happen. But one of the things is that Osho actually worked with this and he played with this because he recognized it, took it seriously and said, okay, well, I'm going to take measures to do this. And when he was seven years old, and it was around the time that he was supposedly going to die, he went to the temple. And he went to a temple and he said to the priest and organized it with the people that were in charge for him to be inside a place and just have one meal per day for a few days. So he went in, he lied down, and he waited for death. He contemplated his death and he went into the process of death. And there was a moment when a snake was coming and it was actually coming towards him and he thought, oh, maybe this is it. Maybe I am going to die. Maybe the snake is the form that death will take for me. So he accepted it and he stayed there. But then the snake passed. It went past him. And this whole attitude, this whole process was very much part of his journey, very much part of his life and his coming into deeper consciousness. And it wasn't just this single process. I mean, and I mean, to, th- to think like, how, how do you come up with that? Like, how do you, how do you take the time to just, really consider your own mortality, to consider your own death and to really accept it, right? To spend a few days accepting it on all levels. That really is something, right? That really must leave you with a new resolve, a new kind of thing that can't really be put into words. And I believe there is now actually a course that is created by Osho and some of his sannyasins that actually runs at his institution at one of his resorts each year. And that's where you actually go into this process and they actually simulate your own death. You actually confront your own death. And unfortunately, I didn't do that course myself, but I did hear about it. Maybe one day I will do it. Depends on 
I guess it depends on who's running on it and how I get to it. I mean, I'd like to do those sort of courses again, and I will when the time comes, but at least I know the option is there, and at least I know now that it's a process which is actually formalized and modernized, right? But Osho, he did this unto himself. <laughs> to think that it was his idea and his motivation to go and consciously take the time to confront his own death, well, that really says something about him. And he did repeat this process a number of times, every seven years, up to a certain point. And that was very much an important component of his sort of coming into enlightenment. And to sort of share another story about how different his relationship was to death, there's the story where he was a kid and he went up to this bridge and he wanted to jump off it because he was big on swimming and big on playing in the river. And the bridge went over a river, so his idea was, well, I'm going to jump off this bridge and into the river. And this bridge was actually known as a spot for suicide. So when he turned up, the bridge guard or the guy that was managing the bridge thought he was going to commit suicide. And he said, no, you can't do this. You're not allowed on this bridge. And Osho said, no, I'm not here to commit suicide. I'm not doing that. I just wanted to jump off and go swimming. And the guard was like so shocked and so sort of taken aback and confused that he sort of reluctantly let him through. And then Osho did jump off and he was sort of sort of really casual about it. And the bridge guy was just like, how is this kid so casual about jumping off this huge spot that was just quite, quite dangerous, right? It's quite like, oh, how can you do that? And then there's there's another story, another occasion which is similar to this story where Osho was with some of his friends, some of his kids, kid friends, and they were looking at a spot to jump off into the water. And he was sort of like, no, nah, come on, guys, let's do it. And everyone was like, no, 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 this is, this is way too dangerous. This is, this is way too much. And one of the kids told their dad... And this particular dad, this particular man was a wrestler, like this big sort of macho, staunch, really strong wrestler. And he turns up with his son and his dad. And Osho's like, ah, so you're, you're a wrestler. You're so brave. This should be easy for you. You can do it, right? You can prove my point. We should do this. We can jump off. And once the guy sees it, once the wrestler sees it, He's like, oh, no, 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 I'm not doing this. You know, th- this is way too dangerous, right? Because he'd thought like, oh, my son's just being scared. He's obviously worried about the height, but it'll be okay because it will just be something scary that you can do and you can jump off and you'll be fine. So let me go and see it. And that's what this wrestler guy was thinking. But once he turned up, he realized, oh, no, this really is too dangerous. I'm not going to do it. And so Osho sort of called him out. He's like, but you're a wrestler. You're strong and I'm going to do it and you're not going to do it. So what does that make me? And then Osho does do it. He jumps off and the wrestler guy is sort of like, you're, you're just, 
you know, there's there's something about you. You're a strange boy. I can't do this. And then they leave. So these little stories, these little things of Osho playing with death really illustrates that he had a different experience with life and death. And he sort of feels like he could have died very young. He could have actually had something go very wrong and might not have lived very long. It's not as though he... Like, it's almost like that sense of him almost dying became his immunity or it became his... Like, what what do you call... What do you call Im- immortality? Invincible, right? Invincibility. The the sense that he was going to die and his acceptance of that became his invincibility. So, it, it's quite paradoxical and it's quite strange that he felt that way and he had that approach. And, I mean, now we have techniques and processes for this. So... Yeah, that's just a little bit about that. And then to sort of add, there was also something I forgot to mention earlier about the sense of time that he has. So his sense of time is very much different to general time. And actually, I've got a course which is available online that you can do, which is designed to bring you into a sense of timelessness. And it works with your different perceptions of time. But Osho was naturally brought into this sense of timelessness and he has stories about all sorts of funny things where he looks at his watch and he thinks time stopped so he keeps sleeping and then he's late for his discourse and things like that (laughs) he thinks the night time is never going to end so that's another thing that was related to the episode where we were talking about his state and his sense of sleep and his sense of awareness as a, a differently conscious being And this is sort of also related to his sense of death and his sense of life and death and what it means for him to live a long life and to have his time as someone on this planet. And in some ways he did die young, like he was 58 or so when he died. But in another way, he had lived so much more, right? I mean, he'd traveled the world, he'd met tens of thousands of people, he'd had all sorts of iconic, extravagant controversies and all sorts of like, like the the life of Osho is just like, like you can't fathom it. You can't, you can't understand it. You can't hold it as oh yeah i get it right it's 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 just mind-boggling and i mean this whole series that we've been talking about is just his childhood right these are just childhood stories of his and it's already just too much to take in so many ways all all the rest of the osho story you know that's that's just where do we begin right there's no way to even start with all of the things that happen surrounding the guy and the story goes that he died because he was poisoned. And that was because he was in prison in America. And I believe there was something to do with the mattress that he was sleeping on. 
And I don't know all the details. I can't remember who was telling me about this, but I think what happened was they'd put some sort of substance in his mattress and that substance had then had the, like the idea was that 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 would be absorbed through his skin into his body and that would kill him at a later date. Like it was, you know, a slow, a slow kill like arsenic or something. But what had happened was Osho had actually folded the mattress and slept in a certain way that it only went into part of his body which had then caused him to become very sick and become very much poisoned but it wasn't quite enough to kill him as soon as they'd thought so he'd lived longer and he had ended up dying from it but at a later date and I mean it really was I mean I remember someone it wasn't his personal physician. It was someone else that knew Osho when he was alive. I remember talking to them and and she had just been so upset with how much pain he had been in in his last years and how much physical and health problems he had had because of this poisoning. Like it was quite clear that he had been poisoned. And of course, you know, that's that's only like adding to the mystery it's only adding to the the like indescribable nature of the story of osho like how he died why he died why was he poisoned right why did the american government poison him why was it set up in that way you know why was he in prison why was he sort of going through all that and and i mean he was he was in and out of law cases all the time anyway. And he had his own team of lawyers. But, you know, I mean, there's, there's really only so much you can say because it's just a mysterious story, right? It's a mystery. It's a mystery murder in some ways. A mystery murder is probably a good way of categorizing it. And, I mean, why not just take the man for what he says? The story that he's told is probably pretty accurate to the story that was. And if he says he was poisoned, you know, I would I would trust that he would be aware of his body and his environment and his relationships and all the rest of it and his place in the world, that he would know if he's been poisoned or not. So if he says he was poisoned, which he did, then I would tend to believe that side of the story. And... And I mean, really, it doesn't doesn't matter. I mean, it's just it's just a life. It's just a. It's just like I mean, there's no words for it. Like this is why I'm struggling to to say anything about it. It's just like you you can't say anything about it. It's just admire it. Just let it be. And I do remember also hearing from someone who was there when Osho died and what happened in the commune. And he said that it was almost like Osho gave his final gift on that day. And the gift was this glorious thing. Because when Osho died, all of the roles that people had dissolved, all the differences that they had between each other dissolved... 
all of the hang-ups that they had, all of the tensions just dissolved. And there was this big celebration. There was this big, beautiful coming together in love, in peace, in human connection, in recognizing the glory of the life that was Osho. And that was his final gift. That was his final sort of moment that he gave to his people. And I remember hearing this from someone who was there. I heard this story of what it was like from someone who was there on that day. And they were so deeply moved by it, right? Because they they loved him. They loved him as a master, right? And I remember this particular person telling me that loving a master is not the same as loving a boyfriend or a girlfriend. It's not the same as loving a family member or even someone who you admire deeply. Loving a master is unlike anything else because a master is a master. And Osho, in so many ways, was a master of masters. I get that. I understand that. It's been said before about him, and and I get that, because because there are enlightened masters out there, right? These these figures do come up every every so often. Very rarely, very rarely, you can probably count on one hand how many enlightened masters there have been in recent times. And Osho was a master of masters. And really, these these stories that we've been sharing in this series, these little th- things that come from his childhood are just the beginning of what that means and what that indicates to us and what we should do about it. So those are some thoughts (laughs) on the book Glimpses of a Golden Childhood. And of course, you can go and check it out for yourself, read it for yourself, because Basically, none of what I've shared with you here counts as first-hand knowledge. This is all second-hand knowledge. This is all impressions only and for entertainment purposes only. So go to the source, figure it out for yourself, find out for yourself. That is so important. And we will be talking in the future about meditative techniques, awareness techniques, psychology, philosophy, literature, and also about Osho and other enlightened masters and all the rest of it. So make sure you subscribe. Make sure you check out some of my other episodes. I have I have a number of series at the moment. I've got a series on grace and grit. So if you've liked this series, you can probably go and listen to grace and grit. That's a good one. I've also got a series on Harry Potter, and I've got a series on a number of different cultural icons so you can go and browse that content and also i do have online courses so i'll mentioned i mentioned briefly just before that i've got a course on time travel but i've also got a course on awareness techniques on guided meditations on developmental psychology and different types of psychology there's a whole range of resources available for you there so you can go ahead and check that out and then also please do leave a comment If you've listened to this series, if you've listened to either part of it or all of it, please do comment and let me know because I don't know if anyone's listening unless I get a comment and just share what your thoughts were and how you felt 
and what you thought was interesting to hear about. I'd really appreciate that. That really does help me. So thank you very much. It's been uh, <laughs> it's been an incredible series and I've enjoyed every moment of it. This really is an incredible book, an incredible life. So thanks very much. Hope you enjoy the rest of your day. And we'll be back very soon with more. Bye for now.